Jello Podcast. What episode would this be? This be episode 32, my episode friend. Episode 32. I'm Brian Upshaw. It's Jake Crownover. That's Jake Crownover over there, man. I'm, I'm happy to do this again with you. I'm excited to do this tonight. I am too. You want to jam this out for a second? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Is that Jake Cronover? That's just, that's that's greatness. Uh, Soundgarden, right? Greatness, absolutely. Soundgarden. We went to see uh, hear Soundgarden tonight. We did. What was the venue? Ah, where were we? Austin uh, three out there at the racetrack, the Austin three sixty. Yeah, uh, it's called Coda Circuit of the Americas. Yes. I get that place confused with the. Uh, ACL. I get ACL and Austin 360 confused. The, the one down there that's connected to like the W? Yeah. At, uh, it's like 3rd or 4th Street or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I get that confused all the time. That's a cool venue too. But that, that, uh, yeah, it's indoor, AC, all that. That place holds uh, three, 4,000 something Probably like so, yeah. yeah. Probably so. I, we went and heard, uh, what was it, Allison Chains over there one time. How was that show? Fucking great, man. Jerry Cantrell's singing lead on that now. Isn't he, he does. He carries it. and yeah. They have a lead singer, but... When he does his shit, it, that lead singer fades into the background. The issue with a guy, you know, with, with a band like that, who had a guy like Lane Staley in, in the... Yeah, how do you follow it, right? Yeah, he has his unique voice. That's him, you know? And then the only well, person I, that's I ever Cantrell been able to... Cantrell had a, as, as unique a voice too, right? I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, he does, but it's not the original. Yeah. The only, the only yeah. band I've ever seen pull that off is Journey in their little... Fin- Filipino <laughs> singer that, that sounds thing, just like Stephen Perry. I mean, it's they found him on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. weird. Kids making millions. Well, yeah. Anyway, the the thing with I don't know. I, I think I I paid good money to go hear Allison Chains with Kentrell sing, and they sure. covered those songs. It was great. Yeah, you know, he was real simple: blue jeans, black tee. Fucking lose the bid. <laughs> fucking rock and roll, mate. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're fucking cool. They had a lead singer, and he looked like Chris Cornell. And by the way, tonight, Chris Cornell fucking tore it up. He's, always, think? he's always money, man. One of the best voices in music, as far as I'm concerned. Well, on the Jello Podcast, what are we talking about? Je- uh, sexing, flexing, ban- vans, boozing. Trends. Trends. Music. We always music. talk about music. I want to jump into that r- right away. Let's do it. Uh, Jake, you run Periscope Music Records. You have Song Stand. You, you're in the music business. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of yours said, uh, we can get you on the show tonight because he's a stage manager for Soundgarden. Yes. Soundgarden is touring with Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Right. He said, they're, they don't, they're not really getting along. Yeah. That's interesting to me because those, both of those bands are from the 90s. Right. You would think, all right, we're both making money on this tour you know, F it. Our fans kind of come from the same place. Well, and, and but more, tell me about that. What's the more fuck? interesting than that? They probably both need to make money. So it's, that's what makes it a little bit more shocking, but you know, these guys all have egos back, back in the nineties when these guys were big record deals were different. There was a lot of big money being thrown around. Yeah. These guys probably made more in the nineties. 
uh, you know, than they've ever made off of records, off of record sales and advances and stuff like that, that just don't happen these days anymore. So they have to make money touring. That's why these guys, you haven't seen a lot of big tours with, you know, these guys from the nineties until now, because they're all running out of the money that they made and they need to go out and play and, and, you know, replenish the bank account. But the, the issue, I mean, we saw the sound garden show the night and it was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was, it was at, uh, uh, it, Top five show probably I've ever seen. Man, the Soundgarden was fucking great. They didn't miss a note. Well, they they missed one note, but one, no- well, one out of uh, eight hundred and fifty. And but you know the, the they shouldn't have been opening up. And I think they think that too. They think that, and and Nine Inch Nails knows that. Then they know that they get smoked every night on stage by Soundgarden, and that people leave that show going, "Man, Soundgarden really kicked Nine Inch Nails' ass." And that pisses Not me. that there's even any competition. It's not like you fill out something on your way out. Uh, which band was better? Yeah, no, it's it's kind of like... It's the billing. It's the billing. It's kind of it's like people who work out, right? You go to a gym, yeah, and you don't know the guy standing next to you, but if he no. has 45-pound dumbbells and you have 30-pound dumbbells, <laughs> right? There's just that competition of like, oh, shit, man, let me try yeah. to go up and do it. Just, if I'm sitting next to him, at least let me... You know, go and, and not that you leave disappointed in yourself, you right, know, or, or, right. or, or depressed or anything because you can't do what he does. Yeah. But you know that he he kicked your ass in the gym today. And it's well, just. You, you said something significant earlier. Nine Inch Nails used to. Well, what do they have? What's their stage show? It's Reznor. And yeah, how I many people? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't either. We, we, didn't we actually didn't for, stay for Nine Inch Nails. Uh, it's probably. You know, a keyboardist, uh, and then a drummer on a. I'm sure, yeah. You know, it, electronic drums and stuff. Well, but, in in the show, Soundgarden's deal was full rock band, bass player. You know, Cornell's two, on rhythm. Two and guitar then, players. Uh, Kim Thale, who the, looks like an old, like if you wanted somebody to build a, 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 a I don't know, a low rider for you from, like <laughs> arch, arch choppers. <laughs> and then this, he he had a, a fedora on. I think he. He smoked a vaporizer in front of a mirror three with, times. With uh, a Mastodon shirt. And he had a Mastodon shirt on. And by the way, you, you noticed that right away. Yeah. And then the drummer. Tell me about that. I thought that yeah, was Matt their drummer. It wasn't. No, the original drummer for Soundgarden is Matt Cameron. Who, okay. Um, Why is he not playing with them right now? He's out with Pearl Jam. Pearl Did Jam. they steal him away? I don't say they stole him. Um, uh, why not? You can't say that? Well. That didn't happen. They they. Why don't yeah, you they stole steal them. away so, Matt so Cameron? What happened is back in late 90s when Soundgarden mm-hmm. and, and, uh, had, had broken up, actually. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they were and Cornell, Cornell was out doing a solo album uh, and stuff like that, and just wasn't much happening. Jack Irons left Pearl Jam, who was their drummer. Okay. Um, so they went and asked Matt Cameron to come on the road with them for one tour. Okay, uh, right. and that's turned into 14 years. And of course, I mean, if you're Matt Cameron, you gonna go play for Pearl Jam, who makes a lot more than Soundgarden. Fuck, it's a pick'em for me. Are, I'm a drummer. Yeah, but I mean, Soundgarden's opening for Nine Inch Nails. Pearl Jam would have sold out that place and played solo for three hours. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? I, and probably he probably makes three times as much as Chamberlain does. Yeah. I, fuck on, on something like that. It's a, any it's, of those bands are great. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad situation. Like, do I want to go play with Soundgarden or Pearl Jam today? I mean, if 
if one of those bands wins a Grammy. Here, here's what I heard a, a while back. I listened to a podcast. I think it was, uh, fuck, it may have been Joe Rogan or whatever. And uh, Trent Reznor was on there, and he was saying, you know, I just don't like Chris Cornell because I was with Island Records too. This was probably 2001, 2002. I was with Island Records too, and I know who's in his ear, and I know why that second, uh, what, what was his band's name? Who? Uh, Cornell's. Uh, audio Slave? Audio, he goes, I know why that Audio Slave album isn't so great. I know who's in his ear, and they're, they're telling him to do this or, and go that way creatively, and I just, I, I just feel like he's being influenced, and it's not really him. So there's that rift already they, they should have never paired these two on that tour other than okay people from the 90s will buy that ticket because both of those bands they like and then that's what it all comes down to i mean the show the night was sold out with nineteen thousand people guess what we did when they were done we left right yeah uh and so they don't I, like being in front of nine inch nails regardless of no, they don't. No one ever likes to be the opening act, especially when you've had a career like that and you feel like your band is just as good. And it's more, it's it's pitched as a co-bill, but somebody has it's to play not. first. There's no... But that's the way it's pitched. That's the way they sell it. That's If you go look, it's all Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden. It's not when Soundgarden it as the opening week, act. It didn't read that way. Oh, it didn't? It read Soundgarden and Nine Inch Nails. The funny thing is, the ironic thing is, the opener reads first. Yeah. He See, <laughs> I would I would have thought. I mean, right. if it was up to me, right. Soundgarden would have closed. Actually, in hindsight, I'm glad they didn't because fucking because we got to listen to a badass show and get out of there yeah, before we traffic. Yeah, we do a Jello Potting cast. Yeah, exactly. We would we would be sitting in traffic right now if it would have been the other way around. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the, one of the cool things about that Soundgarden show was um, the light show was great because we have LED lights now and it's real sharp and and they don't just blind you with it. What they have behind them? Um, just a screen. about the size of a movie screen. Yeah, a little small. Kind of simple, you know. Very, those guys and just get on stage and fucking rock. God, they did. It's it's about the music. It's not about the show. Cornell put his feet about four feet apart and just freaking rock and mm-hmm. and threw his hair in front of him. It looked like a pom pom yelling into a microphone. Yeah, I mean, and he hit every note. By the way, I didn't. He did. With these every one. He he nailed it. And by the way, they played almost everything off of uh, Super Unknown. They played the hits. Ain't no question they about did, it. They did. They did. Why not? I didn't hear a single fucking uh, Audio Slave song tonight. Oh, and there's no need to. I mean, you got. I bet. Tha- I bet Kim Thale said, "I'll do it with you, brother," but I'm not playing your crap. Well, and you know, he wasn't on that stuff, was he? No, it was Rage Against the Machines band. It was Tom Morello and those Morello. guys. And, and I don't. I don't know that. That Morello's easy to duplicate because of all the, you know... The pedals and the... Yeah, all the stuff that he does, so... Yeah, there's a thing called an Ebo where you... Um, it's 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 got a, a battery in it, and you hold it over the string, and it makes the, spring, uh, the string vibrate. Yeah. You don't even use a pick. Thale doesn't do that, do he? No, he's, he's he a rocker, man. He doesn't get up there and I, rock. You know what he played tonight? Nothing but um, Gibsons. He played an SG... He played, uh, uh, what's the other one called? I don't know. It, it was all Gibson's, just flat rock guitars. Yeah. Guitars made to get up and just fucking rock people's balls off of. God, he, he was so easy, wasn't he? Effortless. <laughs> Effortless. <laughs> Good night. I do recommend, though, anybody, if you get a chance to go see a Soundgarden show, 
Man. Go. Especially when Cornell's got a chip on his shoulder and he wants to sing really well. I mean, that sucker yeah. was good, man. Yeah. Fucking A. Uh, how about that bass player? Super simple. Yeah, it looked like a cartoon character to me. I don't I don't know his name. I, who does? Most bass players get kind of thrown. But, but, you know, he was the quintessential rock band bass player with attitude. Um, Button-down shirt. Fucking collar. just... I, he played fucking awesome. Well, you know, we were talking about how... Um, they're opening for Nine Inch Nails and you know there's sort of a riff there at the end of their show when the time's supposed to be up Kim Thale took his guitar put it on top of his amp and just started letting it wail with feedback bass player goes over there and just starts farting around I think they went cut into their time because it was what 9.15 or whatever oh I'm sure they did I bet their time was done at 9 they cut into that no, it was like 908, 909. Yeah, when they started, they started doing, doing that, yeah. that. Yeah, and um, uh, the bass player d- did that with him. I, and what what happened at the end of that? They cut the lights and cut that sound. Mm-hmm. Somebody went over there to the front of the house and said, turn the shit off. Our guys are ready. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that was, it was probably a, a jab. I think so, If it because of what we know. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those, hey... You just got your ass kicked. Do you think again. they can finish this tour together? I think they will. I, I think contractually they probably have to. I, I don't think anyone's going to walk or, away from Or them. some money doesn't get paid some, out. Yeah, I don't There's think, a bonus. Like, I don't think they're going to walk away from the money that, that they would lose if they did that. I, I think if it if they didn't need the money, this tour would probably already been over. Yeah, and from a fan's perspective, if you don't know the music business, you won't. that's imperceptive to you. you Nobody like, knows. Oh, it's gonna, a yeah, goof, everyone you know, thinks Something happened with the lights or whatever. Yeah. But – for those of us who know, because your friend, stage manager for them, yeah, what did he say? We we can't hang out with their bunch. Yeah, he says that's that, weird. He goes back. It's two different catering spots, two different everything. It's just <laughs> not uh, even in the same room. Yeah, no, everything's completely separate. So as soon as Soundgarden's done, they get on the buses and leave. They don't hang around and. They're both going from Austin to Houston. Mm-hmm. They don't caravan together. No, no Soundgarden they. Now, they may not go to Houston, but they'll get in the bus and go. And they may be downtown Austin right now partying. I don't know. but uh, They'll end up the same place tomorrow for the show, but they don't travel. Yeah, they won't. Like, they hey, won't. hey, man, I, we watched you guys after I, we were done. I would be willing, I'd be willing to bet that Chris Cornell and Trent Reznor probably go two or three weeks without even seeing each other. That's so odd to me. I yeah. mean, it seems like that after you've done something for so many years and you've, you've achieved success, and, and frankly, the reason that you're back on the road is because of shit you did 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you sort of bond together with that? But I guess it's what that's, I was talking that, about earlier, that, that shit talking that they did and that's, to one that, another. Yeah. They just hold that fucking grudge. I'm like sure that's the, women. The, the general idea, you know, is, is what people were hoping for. But, you know, people yeah. aren't going to get long bands. Right? That's why it's rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Um, it's funny. You know, you, you do business in software. You do business in real estate. You do business in the rock and roll biz. Those kind of people are, are way different. Like, mm-hmm. you do your business is uh, Periscope Records, songs thing. You, you do business with those kind of people. They're absolutely real in the fact that they go, if you're fucking bullshit me one inch, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not taking your call anymore. Right. Where in a lot of business, there's sort of this, 
living business courtesy, like, I'll take it. I'll take that call. I, I have no interest in doing business right. with you, but I'll listen to you. It's a lot more. In that rock and roll business, it's like, it's hey, a lot more blunt. you're a fucking dick, and I don't like you. You know why? Why? Because your wife licked my wife's ear the other night. I don't fucking like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's as simple as that. Well, it's, it, it all comes down to egos and power trips. They'll find an excuse. Yeah. The real excuse is you're probably more successful than me, or your band is better than my band, Fuck, and I know it. You know it. what? You're right. And, and can you get me somewhere, or can you not? And if right. you can't, then... I'll step it's on the It's all about up. what can you do for me? How can you make me money today? I know it, man. I know it. Hey, Jake. Uh, we're at the... Huh. Yeah, we're at the 15. I want to bump out with some Soundgarden. Okay. I want to come back. We've got boob jobs. We've got vans. We've got Robin Williams. We lost him this week. Yeah. Uh, no, your favorite movies from him. Okay. Cool. All right, big guy. Uh, see you in a minute.
Uh, Jake Cronover, you know one thing we forgot about? What's that? That you brought up. Who has a Grammy for a Johnny Cash song? Oh, yeah. We're talking about the... Uh, uh, both of those both bands of those tonight, Soundgarden and Nine Inch Nails. Each have originals that were recorded by Johnny Cash. Uh, Rusty Cage is a fucking jam, top to bottom. Great. Yeah, great song. No both, question. Both ways. I thought Johnny Cash did it really cool, kind of slowed it down. It, sure. Soundgarden's version is obviously it, that that was their incredible. first bad motor finger was the, that was that album am i wrong yes it was bad motor finger some people had never heard that song and then they go what the fuck? this well, is and it's, fucking it, nasty filthy I had tailpipe a, stuff i had a lot of people who heard johnny cash's version and thought that it was an original of his just like the song hurt that trent reznor wrote that song won a grammy and that song is perfect for johnny cash because he did it it was wait let me let me clarify it won a Grammy for the video. Oh, yeah, I think it was. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was something. Because he looked like an old oatmeal cookie. I heard my Yeah, all I remember is him pouring that wine in his hand, shaking. <laughs> and I was kind of, I mean, why are you wasting wine, old man? You, you got time hey, to be come on, it. man. Put that in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. You feel like No, I you interrupted know. you. Go, go ahead. No, but yeah, uh, Trent Reznor wrote Hurt for Johnny Cash. He and, wrote that for him? I don't know if he wrote it for him, but he wrote it. Uh, I thought that was a Johnny Cash song that they covered later and no, let him do a, the video with. So Reznor wrote it. And that's then, a Nine Inch Nail original. And then Johnny performed it. Right. Oh, my God. Okay, that's yeah. pretty big. Yeah, so both of those bands tonight had original songs recorded by Johnny Cash, which is kind of weird. When but, you, from, but coming from different directions. Yeah, but it's weird really. when you think about 90 kind of grunge bands and stuff like that, that it's the, the tie-in is Johnny Cash. You know, <laughs> yeah, kinda, isn't that weird? kind of cool you know it's different certainly so yeah well and that adds to that whole ego thing that the reason we're on the road together is because you performed one of his songs and then i wrote well, a song for him or and, whatever and yeah but, and i'm sure one of them sold more than the other and that pisses somebody off so <laughs> somebody's keeping track of that yeah. neither of us could could quote it right now right i and, mean all i remember about nine inch nails is that the hardest shit they ever did uh i think it may have been their second album it was a video back when videos mattered there were like, it was like pieces of film tape blowing around, mm -hmm. and everybody was dressed in, in like patent leather black, and the drummer was just absolutely thrashing. And I remember my friend Chris Hurston Ritter goes, "Why would you do that to your drummer, man? You know he can't handle that." <laughs> it's like hard thrashing stuff, and from, you know, they're not doing that anymore. Well, when they old, they it, old. It, you know, he'd probably be sore as shit tomorrow if he did that nonstop. That drummer's probably dead already. Yeah, it's probably a different one. You're probably right. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. We've got a few other segments tonight. Sexing. Always like sexing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw the other day. It's sexing and sports all in one. Justin Verlander, Verlander is dating Kate Upton. Yeah, that's what I... That's Who does he pitch for now? Detroit? He's still in Detroit, yeah. He first pitched for uh, the Strohs. Before they traded away everybody, right? That I don't know. Okay. Well, he did. Anyway, he did something the other night, struck somebody out, and then tossed her the ball over the back of their dugout. As he's heading into the, at like after the last out? Yes, sir. Do you have a problem with that? Not at all. Me neither. I will toss Cape Upton anything that she wants. Yeah. I, I toss her some other balls. You'd pull one of your balls out of your sack and throw it to her? Uh, yeah. If she wanted that. 
She, she looks good. You know, I remember hearing the story. Uh, uh, Kanye said, oh, I like that girl. And he had his people contact her people. And her people said, she says no thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She a good woman. She she kind of likes every white girl, first off. He did. That, that is anything. Um, she's she's gorgeous. No no doubt about it. She's the, like an old school beauty. Like everything's all natural and it's real curvy. And, one of the and sexiest and, videos I've still ever seen to this day is her doing the Dougie oh in that God, bikini. I was going to mention that if you didn't. It's, I'll watch that once She's a, so once a sinewy week. and movie and all that. Yeah, and she yeah, just yeah. has that really seems like cool, fun personality. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, kind of uh, that adds to her sexiness in a yeah, way. You know, like, uh, but no, you know, like, I mean, I know I'm goofy, but blah blah blah, whatever. Verlander's worth a hundred million. He is. I mean, I think that's what his contract was. You know, was was in the six figure range, and um, is he their ace? No, Max no. Serger's their ace, but Serger turned down a hundred and sixty million or hundred and forty million dollar deal this off season. To do what? To hold out to get more because he's a free agent after this season. They're not going to pay him more. No. Well, last well, and he screwed up. Uh, you know, that's an, a Jewish agent telling him what to do. Don't you think? I think anything over twenty million. I mean, what's the difference, honestly? Between a hundred. This is a good question. Between one hundred and forty million and one hundred sixty million. I mean, I know the fucking an, nothing. I know the answer is twenty million, but the, I mean. Twenty million is irrelevant when you have one hundred and forty. It's nothing when the deal's getting signed and you're you're going to play for them regardless. It, it's a bunch when you're a software company owner and you're you know striking out for power and biting and clawing at everything and right. and that really kind of boosts your ego. Well, and you know that's. What, that, now I will say it's, it's like the difference between hey Brian your salary is a hundred thousand or a hundred and five thousand. Right, do you want to lose the job over five thousand? Now I will. No. I will say this: Scherzer is fourteen and four this year. Matter of fact, he was on the hump tonight, struck out fourteen batters over eight, in a row over eight scoreless innings. <laughs> so the guys. <laughs> All right, enough said. Enough the, said. The guy's worth the money. Yeah, but where now, did he come from? Was, now he's got that reputation of kind of being a greedy bastard, you know, and, and, and it's kind of like Nelson Cruz. Um, and what's his name that went to uh, Rangers wanted him, but he ended up at the Phillies. But he's oh, there. Cliff Lee. Yeah, it's that same thing to me. It is. But like, for so example, Nelson Cruz, who, who we offered uh, a franchise deal, which is that one year for 13 million. A lot of money. Uh, and he turned it down because he was a free agent. He thought he'd get more. Well, he ended up where signing in Baltimore for a one-year deal for eight million. So he lost five million dollars because he thought he could get more. And, was, and they signed him for this same short amount of time. One year, yeah, he lost five million dollars over that one year. Rangers would have given him thirteen. Does he even have an agent? I don't know. He tried to come back, and the Rangers told him they were no longer interested because we had made the trade for Prince Fielder, yeah, which didn't there. work. Yeah, and there's not even—I don't even know why we're talking about the Rangers. There's no it, that's point. That's okay. Time. Well, it was because of an example of right, but uh, but you know, who knows what happens? He may go out next game and take a line drive off the head, and you know, lost, die, lost fifty, sixty million guaranteed for his family. I mean, when you're talking about that kind of money, just fucking take it and shut up. Yeah, but unless he, unless he just doesn't want to be in Detroit. Which I don't blame him. Who the um, fuck wants to live in Detroit? Listen, I, we, on the Jello Podcast, I, I make no. 
I work for a, an auto manufacturer. They're based in Detroit. I go there at least three times a year. It's all downtown. Downtown Detroit is fucking cool. It's when you get outside of downtown when you go, oh, this sucks. Right. Well, a lot of towns, you get outside of downtown, it sucks. Yeah, you think Detroit Why? Well, my point is this. Why would a baseball player avoid Detroit because uh, it's Detroit? He's never going to go anywhere that it doesn't suck. And by the way, sure a dollar goes a lot farther in Detroit than it does in Dallas. It doesn't Texas. matter when you have 140 million of them. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, he I, I would almost he, live in Detroit. He, he ain't coming to Dallas, Texas either. He's going to go to New York, L.A., you know, Philly. I would go to L.A. Seattle. Seattle. Um, you know, who else is going to have some money out there? Shit, he, Kansas the City's not a, ba- a bad place to be. They're going to no. love you to death there. Yeah, I mean, so... You know, it's just uh, or Boston. If if you're, you know, if it's a difference between a five million deal and a ten million deal, I get it. I get the holding out. But when it's a hundred and forty versus a hundred and fifty, then who cares? Don't be an idiot. Yeah. And you're right. That's that's some agent going. Oh, that's an extra, you know, two million in my pocket. So he's being sold by somebody else. Right. Yeah. But he's looking like a fucking douche. What what would you tell your agent if he tried to sell you on something, or she tried to sell you on something? Tried to sell. I think you're trying to screw me, or I think you're trying to get extra money, or are you really looking out for my best interest? Well, they're going to sell you on this. This is what you're worth. We're not selling for that. You're worth some more for that. You won 20 games last year. When's the last time someone won 20 games? And by the way, it strokes your ego, and you go, you yeah. know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right, Murph. Yeah. Most uh, a smart baseball player, you know, and this is to keep it in sports. Yeah, this is where you have Look, to. We're just batting shit around, Jake. This is where you have to appreciate someone like the San Antonio Spurs. Oh man, who best ha- franchise ever. Who have guys like Tim Duncan who take pay cuts to stay here. Uh, arguably, Tom Brady did the same thing. Yeah, correct. Guy, right. Guys like Tom Brady who I want to be part of this program. Want to win, and they want to build a program, and they like where they're at. And they're not just looking after. I mean, both Brady and Tim Duncan could go and go. I want Max Deals, you know, three or four years ago when they and they could have got him. But it puts us under the whole program because there's not enough money left for anybody else. Yeah, exactly. You know, i.e. LeBron James getting. You know, you can sign one LeBron, or you can go sign four other guys. You know, can LeBron beat four players on one? He thinks so. Yeah. With baby powder. Yeah. Monkey butt powder. He thought that in the NBA Finals, too. Uh, it worked a uh, year before, but not this year. Yeah. This year's all that matters. I'm so happy that that happened. And by the way, the Spurs were on a an effing mission. They were. Think? They, I mean, it was it, great. It seemed like it the whole year. I mean, it, And you know, we're only a month away from, uh, bas- oh, from it, basketball season. Uh, so the listener knows we're, we're actually we? mid-August. Uh, t- we are second week into NFL yeah. preseason. And technically, we're two weeks away or two months. October twenty sixth is opening night for NBA mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with just really the Spurs and Mavericks, in which they'll be raising the World Championship banner at the. Don't fucking talking about the Red Mavericks, man. Hey, Jake, I want to take a break. Uh, I want to come back. I want to talk a little NFL. NFL, we gotta get. We still need to get to sexing. Oh, That's my three favorite topic. That's my favorite segment. You got a minute for that? I do. Stick I'll with this Jello Podcast. Add Jello Podcast on the Twitter. 
Godzilla Podcast online. Uh, you can stream it. It's free. We put this free content out there. You know this stuff, Jack? Ever heard of Ed Sheeran? Sure. Yeah. I just learned about him. Yeah, he had that song, uh, A-List or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Let, I mean, this song's called Sing. Uh, he had another song called Don't. Yeah, kind of very Justin Bieber-ish. It, it, yeah, it's like a mature Bieber. You're right. This is the this is the hook right here, right? He's a redhead. He's a ginger. Yeah, he has no soul. No, the devil took it. Busy strumming guitar. How you'd book him? If he makes you some money, you'd book Damn him. Damn right? straight. I'd book you if he made me some money. That's not gonna <laughs> You know, I'm convinced that pop songs these days if you got something that you could yell at a soccer soccer stadium then um, you got a hit. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing is is it's it's just all about the melody. Lyrics yeah. don't matter. Yeah, it's like that uh what's her name? Ciara? No. Uh, she's got a song called. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, 
what do you call it? Uh, chandelier. Rihanna? Uh, there's a, a girl that wrote a couple songs for Rihanna, but she also has a song uh, that's called Chandelier. Anyway, uh. she said, the way I write songs is um, I try to think about the, the name of the song. has got to be something catchy, mm-hmm. like Chandelier or whatever. And then I come up with the melody real easily, and then I crank it out, the lyrics, and then I send it to their management, and then they make a hit with it. How do you get to that point? That's bullshit. You, I think so, too. If it was that easy, then everybody would do it, and she would have tons of number one hits. Every song she, she writes. She has three. Yeah, but every song she wrote would be a hit if it was that easy. She seems to think. I, it, I, don't, I don't think. I think uh, you got a really good agent. You write one hit, I think you've got some it's, it's cachet the, with it. It's also right time, right place. Someone's looking for a certain type of song, and you happen to send that type of song. Then. It's sort of like that lady that wrote all those songs for... Uh, Extina. Extina? Yeah, Christina. I got oh, that. okay, sorry. Yeah, for the one from uh, you know, Four Nine Blondes or whatever. No, she did, but she also wrote a lot for Pink, Linda Perry. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Same kind of thing. I don't know. She has a, a uh, reality show. A new... Show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's uh, making people write... Be creative, right? Is yeah. It, isn't that her thing? Yeah, I think... Isn't she married to Sarah Gilbert, the chick from Little House on the Prairie? <laughs> I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. yeah. So she's a huge les. Oh, total dyke, yeah. So the reason that Subaru Motors is still in business is because they keep buying cars. Yeah. Okay. Same for the Chevy S10. And uh, the Ford Ranger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we've got a few other things to cover. Okay. We got Sexton. We got Flexin. We got Vans. And Robin Williams. We lost Robin Williams this week. We did. Uh, what are your two favorite films of his? <clears throat> My two favorite films, one goes kind of way back, and a lot of people don't know it, actually. And I tell people it's called. It's a movie called The Best of Times. Best of Times? Yeah. Shit, I don't remember that movie. So Why do you like that movie? It's a movie. Of, it has Kurt Russell in it. And Robin Williams plays a receiver that... It's a sports movie? Yeah. He, he, in, in high school, Robin Williams dropped a pass... That would have won the championship against oh, for oh. Kurt, right? And so they get together like twenty years later to replay this game. Why? And just because it's it's like a small town, two small towns, and they live and die and breathe football. Yeah, uh, got to be in Mississippi, right? Yeah, probably somewhere over there. Louisiana, but it's called the Best of Times, and it's it's absolutely it's a hilarious movie. Uh, Kurt Russell's the quarterback, and like the. The guy in Robin Williams is this... Not an unfamiliar role for him, really. No, but it was kind of when he was unknown. I mean, this movie's from the 80s, I think. Uh, and a lot of people don't don't even know that Robin Williams is in that movie or knows that movie. Uh, and then the other is kind of a toss-up, but, you know, obviously... Wait, go, don't, don't stop. Best of Times was 1986. Yeah, okay. Small-town loser determines to have one more shot at the big time by winning a football game. Comedy, drama, sport. Robin Williams, Kurt Russell, Pamela Reed. Do you know who that is? Yes. Holly Palance, no doubt Jack Palance's daughter. Yep. Uh, Donald Moffat, Emmett Walsh, Donovan Scott. Okay. Uh, you should check and see if it's on Netflix. I don't know if Netflix <laughs> have it or not, but it's it, you can probably get it on eBay for a couple bucks. Uh, I just clicked on Amazon. Yep, $2.75. It's, it's a great movie. 
Wow. That uh, and the other one was what? The other one, you know, it's kind of obviously I love Goodwill Hunting. Um, sure, it's uh, if it's on. Everybody does watch the rest. But of it. that's a given. Um, but really, my my second favorite they did was Dead Poet Society. I've heard a lot of people say that. You know, just kind of more of the of the dramatic role. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny that what a lot of people remember him for are are those roles. Yeah, we I always knew he was funny and crazy, but yeah, what there's, we, what there's, we liked him for was those. There's, kind of there's like three that. movies that I've heard everybody come up with. Mine was Fisher King mm-hmm. and Good Morning Vietnam. Good Morning which Vietnam is was easy. Yeah, obviously. that's. Uh, but you know the the three that I keep hearing are Goodwill Hunting, uh, Dead Poet Society, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 two of those he plays a serious part. He doesn't even play a comedic part. And um, you I know, think maybe people say that because they feel like that's what they think he would be like in real life. Yeah. You know, and I met him once. Uh, Bullshit. In, really? In New York. Uh, what the fuck? Where? Just outside his hotel. Uh, the, the uh, what's the name of it? The Orange uh, Mandarin Hotel. How uh, did you do this? Because I, well, I, I get starstruck and I will fuck stuff up. I was, and I was. Episode eight, I talk about how I ran Billy Gibbons off. <laughs> how did you, what'd you do? Uh, well, we're actually staying at the same hotel. Uh, it was when I was on tour with Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, so okay. Um, and we were we were coming in this hotel. Did you throw Rob Thomas on him and say, "Hey, meet my friend"? No, but this I was I was uh, <laughs> I was walking. It was just me and actually the drummer Ryan McMillan. Yeah. Um, and we we weren't that far. That hotel is not far from Central Park at all. So we went for a run. Okay. Central Park trying to get exercise, stay healthy. Yeah, eat healthy, lose weight, and get uh, metabolism up. And so we were walking back. And, and as we were walking out, walking back to the hotel, he was checking out and he was walking out and he had a bike with him because, you know, he was a big bike rider. No, I didn't know. That. Um, oh, yeah, I did. Actually. Yeah. OK, so he had a he had a bike and, um, you know, I I Not don't a mountain bike. I don't uh, get I, starstruck. Um, you but, don't. But, I've never seen you that. But way. he's a guy that I wanted to meet uh, just because I, 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 I admired him. I liked what he did. And so I went up to him and said, hey, man, big fan. Really appreciate it. And did you try and, to touch him? I shook his hand. Uh, Did you walk up with your hand extended? No, outward? he actually extended to me first. So I, you walked up and said, "Yeah, he had people around him." I mean, it's not like it's just him. And I want to know what you said when you walked up. Hi, Robin. No, I just can't. I didn't even say my name. I said, "Hey, I'm a big fan of what you do." Uh, and and he's the one who came to me. He said, "Thank you very much." Stuck his hand out and shook my hand. Uh, and then you extended. Yeah. Yourself. Then I said, "Hey, nice to meet. You. I'm Jake Crowver." And and. And that was really all we said. I mean, we didn't have any type of conversation, but you know, he was. A, you could tell that he was just. Sometimes when you meet people, you know they're very sincere, and they're and they're because yeah. I've, I've met a lot of people too who are like, "Hey, what's up?" and kind of you know looking somewhere else rather shaking your hand and not really, you know, think they're too cool or oh, I'll just shake your hand. Other celebrities I'm talking about. Well, I've heard Fishburne. We may have talked about this before. When people come up to him and they go, "Hey, can I get a picture with you?" He goes. Man, that's what I do for a living. Why don't you come over here and tell me where you're from? Give me a hug and stuff. Lawrence Fishburne? Ha- yeah, and he has a moment with them. Instead of that cheesy picture thing, sure. he says, what's your name? Come over he here. Makes and an then experience. everybody goes, oh, fuck. Yeah, and you know. <laughs> he's big as shit. Because he's been famous forever, and so is Robin Williams. It, like, yeah, and Robin, you know, he's really kind of that quirky guy in real life. I, I, I don't know if he just did it so much that he was that's just kind of what he morphed into. No shit. But he kind of had that, you could tell at any moment, he's willing to break out and do some kind of joke or act or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was, 
He's one of the coolest people I've ever, and I say he met him. That's all it was. It was right, a, but it was that interaction second, was significant. Ten second, it was enough for me to know went. that he was sincere. Uh, you know that he took the time, stopped, kind of put everything down. You know, reached out his hand and really appreciated the fact that we, that we were fans. <laughs> Part of it was because you didn't mug him. Right. Yeah. I yeah. probably and I didn't ask him for an autograph. I didn't, and I never, ever ask anybody for a picture. I, I don't but know. this is one time where you kind of moved no. into his personal area. No, I, I, I didn't. He, he. Uh, you I just to, said. Well, I walked over by his car, but I wasn't all up in his shit. Like, hey, Mister, you know, where he had to shake my hand. He, he, he had to extend <laughs> out to me. Well, it was more of kind of a lean in, like, hey, man. Well, I'm I get your your point is that he. Yeah, because they're just people. they're just people too. I mean, he's just a guy that just wants to be treated like yeah, a guy. Yeah, you know, one time I was in uh, some music store here in Austin, and uh, it was one of you're rolling your eyes. It was one of Stevie Ray Vaughan's guys, and uh, he was in there buying a bass, and I was like, "Hey, is that uh, what's it, what's Stevie's bass player name? I can't remember. Whatever." I, I looked over there, and uh, Ray Hennig goes, "You know what? He doesn't know he's famous. He's just like you and me." And, and and that's the kind of thing I'm I'm thinking you're getting, yeah. Like he he doesn't consider himself famous. Just don't bother him, and he'll he's cool. Yeah, and that's, but they you have to know they like that though. You'd be crazy to think that you don't like adoration of others that sure. are strangers. And 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 a lot of you don't seek that out, but no. neither do they. But they like to know that what they do as an art form affects people in a positive way. True and. I wouldn't. I think they enjoy, and as much of a nuisance as it probably is, of yeah. people you know constantly doing it. I think they enjoy, or most of them do. I think when I met Robin, he really kind of gave off that vibe, like, "Hey man, I really appreciate you coming over and telling me that. That means something to me." Rather than just you know someone like Kim Kardashian, I want to touch you and then take this picture and capture yeah. this image for myself so I can put it on. Yeah, Facebook. so I can go show everybody, and you know what I mean. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're. That's that's interesting. That's neat. Yeah. So you know, it, it was uh, in hindsight. So that was I, your interaction with him. Yeah, that was, it was 15, 20 seconds max. But you know, I, I was able to meet him, shake his hand, and and you know, it was cool. Uh, I learned about his death on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I saw it on Facebook actually. I was Facebook. Uh, yeah, for you. Isn't that funny? Our news feeds these days are so different. It really is. You know, I, I mean, I don't even. I go to CNN dot com. Yeah. And Twitter mostly for all my news feeds. Yeah, it's a changing well, world. Well, the man. thing is, uh, I've gone to Twitter for some news feeds a couple times, and they've been way off on counts of like bodies. <laughs> Stuff well, like and I think the other thing too. I mean, they're the first to deliver it, but the... yeah, I always read it first, but I never. Then I'll go to CNN to confirm. You know what I mean to make sure, because especially with all the hoax. You know, Robin Williams died last year too, and it was a hoax that was oh, really? go, that was going around social no, media. No, I didn't know. Yeah, that. And, and there's been a lot of you know Bon Jovi at one point was supposed to be dead on, and this big everyone on Twitter, hey, rest in peace, Bon Jovi, blah blah blah. And <laughs> he tweeted a picture of himself, you know, saying, hey. if if I'm in heaven, it sure looks a hell of a lot like New Jersey because oh, I'm still alive. I get it. So I always go there to see, and, and same thing when I saw Robin's thing, I went and, uh, and double checked with a couple other. Well, it was, it was ABC.com had it, and so yeah. did you know E Online, CNN had something on it. So you figured at that point it's probably pretty legit. Yeah, like uh, Kimmel and um, who else? They, they all paid. Oh, they all everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, uh, I want to take a break, Jake. Okay, I want to come back. 
Yeah. We'll talk about sex, and I'm going to talk about uh, fake boobs. I'm always able to talk about that. I know that. I know you are. Uh, this is a uh, new spoon. Latest album. Yeah, that's a great album, it's by the way. called The Rent I Pay. All right. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back. See you in a minute. Jello Podcast. JelloPodcast.com. At Jello Podcast. No, wait. What? At Jello Podcast on Twitter? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, at Jello Podcast. We have two topics left, my friend. For two. episode 32. Two of my favorite topics. Uh, boobs. Falls under sexing. And uh, recovery time? No. Flexing. Flexing. If you do yoga do you need recovery time i don't i don't do yoga so i don't know if you lift weights do you need recovery time me personally yeah hell yeah i do okay i'm one of those guys though that i'm more sore on the second day it some people for example you people i work out heavy three times a week minimum sometimes five or six times a week maximum yeah yeah what do you do I go to boot camp, which is different from... What's a boot camp? So, 
it's different from CrossFit, but kind of the same. So I think, yeah, but people that do CrossFit won't shut the fuck up about CrossFit. Yeah. I, I, you never tell me about this. That's why we're boot camps more low key. It's, it's, we don't, it is, you use weights, but it's, I, I mean, the, I thought it was live rounds being fired at you while you, <laughs> well, it is, but <laughs> it's still, barbed it's, wire it's still I think you're thinking of the military, oh, uh, which is a great workout. Training, if you yeah. get on that workout program, you sure. should. Uh, no, so we'll do things. It's a lot of using your body weight. So a lot of push-ups, sit-ups, um, pull-ups, you know, box jumps. Is that called plyometrics? I don't know what that means. All right, sir. It's called boot camp. Um, but, you know, some of the people <laughs> I work out with, they're... They're sore the next day. So say you work out on a Monday. On Tuesday, yeah. they're super sore. I can work out on a Monday and Tuesday be completely fine. And then on Wednesday, Wednesday, not be able to move. So I'm, I, a, I'm that two days. So it takes two days for me to get really sore. But you do it often. I do do it often. But every time I do it, you, you know, you do a different workout every time. So you work a different set of muscles. So you're... Uh, they... they they're about confusing muscle groups, right? Isn't yeah, because the whole idea is to keep you from getting in the routine. Like when I used to go work out the gym, I do, you know, you go. Yeah, because we were kids and it was all you run, about you football. Do, you, you do bench press. Anything you can push somebody yeah, off you, with. Bench was, press, power cleans, you know, you get the dumbbells and you do some butterflies. God, but but you did. Fuck yourself up now. You did the same workout every time and worked the same muscle groups. Now this is a little different. It's kind of more of a total body workout. And it's not to build muscle. It's more to build tone and endurance than it is to, you know, buff up. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's good. But, yeah, I, I do need recovery time. And, and What's your recovery time? I talked to a trainer uh, yesterday. I sat down, and he thought I wanted to, like, sign up for a boot camp. Or something. Can I help you? I go, yes, you can. I need a – I got a trainer question. I go, I worked out yesterday. Um do I need to lay out or can I hit those same muscles only softer? He goes, no. And the other guy next to him goes, absolutely not. He goes, 48 hours minimum. He goes, what did you not hit? And I went, uh, titties and arms. And he goes, well, do, and do your titties and arms. Yeah. But, but don't do any. He goes, because you're going to tear up more. I mean, that muscle needs time to recover. Yeah, recovery time is, is so important. If you go work out five days a week, you're you're not doing yourself any good. Unless you work out five different groups. Okay. Good luck. So that's kind of what boot camp helps you do. It's it's you go and, and you'll do you may work your arms three of those days, but one you're working your bicep, the next day you're working your tricep, then you're it's working your forearm. It's too much. But you don't have to they just tell you what to do. Go do this and you go do it and it's all laid out for you. So it's not you have to think. But I think that I think it's too intense, and I think that people our age don't need to be doing that stuff. No, I disagree. Why? Because it keeps you in shape. It keeps you limber. It's kind of yoga, CrossFit, working out, okay. running, everything I, all well, in. I didn't know they do that. Yeah. You, What's the yoga part? They yell at you while you do slow yoga? I, I, no, it's all in the stretching. There's a, there's a, You, you oh, really stretch work. before and after your workout. So we'll stretch for 15 minutes and we'll do some different now it's not a yoga class by any means no no of course but they really emphasize the stretching more importantly after the workout which most people don't do they'll stretch before yeah, stretch it out again yeah and then they won't stretch after so we th- there's a 15 minute warm up stretch and then about a 10 minute cool down stretch 
um, which or, which really helps. Because if a if a muscle gets knotted up and you don't stretch, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get worse. Because all working out does is you're you're basically tearing down your muscle. Yeah, I mean you're breaking it down and it needs to rebuild. And recovery time is essential. Yeah, you have to have it. Yeah, that's why a lot of people who go and do bench press every single day are like, I'm not getting any stronger. Well, because you're not letting your muscles rebuild. You know, it's. I've heard this also. If you go into that, um, not steam room, but well, I guess it wouldn't matter. The the sauna. The sauna. Sauna. It it produces a uh, human growth hormone for about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That lasts about two hours. I mean, yeah, and the other, there's a. It's not to sweat your fat off. I mean, it. Sometimes it's to help get the booze out of the system. <laughs> Let's be honest yeah. here on the Jello Podcast. We do a little boozing, but, and sometimes you got to sweat that shit out. Um, you know, the one thing that kind of helped me, and, and I don't take creatine or any of the kind of, you know, supplements that are out there. But the one thing I do take, or not, I guess do is straight motor oil, <laughs> like over the top and just go arm wrestle somebody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, it's protein shakes after, and that really helps with my soreness because it's uh, it's a soy. Well, you're replenishing your body with that yeah, instead of, uh... and that helps rebuild your muscles quicker. So you you're not as so I'm not I can tell the days that I I drink my protein shakes after I work out and the days that I don't on yeah. how sore I am. It really, really? Do, it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I mean I'm still sore. It doesn't. Knock I just out put me. a banana in my butt and I'm good to go. Well, yeah, you can do that too. I mean that's given. Everybody knows that. Yeah, potassium. Right? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of vitamins that uh, they don't really sell them that way. Vitamin K, you you can't walk into a store and say I want some vitamin K. What I never even heard of vitamin K. It's potassium. Why don't you just say potassium and eat a banana? You want uh, thiamine? What is that? B one. G and C needs to stop effing around. Just you know, people they, need to stay. They ask the same man, size. All you need. Nothing wrong with Oprah when she was fat. All you need is some natural fruits and berries, man, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be all right. I think so too. What's the dumbest supplement you've ever taken? I've never taken it. I mean, the only thing I never only ever ta- not the only one. Thing you I, just said you take protein. Well, that's protein, but I mean, that's not a supplement. That's just protein. I took creatine in high school, but that's that's the. What only, did it do for you? No, I mean. Nothing that I know you of. You thought it was doing something or it did nothing? Because back then I was young, you know, and I didn't get sore. I could go out and do two-a-day football practices for 19 hours a day and eat what I want and, you know, then come back the next day, do it again, and be perfectly fine. How do kids do two-a-days anymore? I mean... Because they're young. The way... It's youth. You're resilient. The way they used to do it, uh, take these salt pills and uh, drink a bunch of water. Yeah, they had a... Couple Please kids, don't die on us. A couple of kids die doing that, yeah. Now I th- I don't know. I, I know. I mean, I want pickles when I'm dehydrated, and that's salt, essentially. Yeah, your, right? your body craves it, but it's not good for you while you're dehydrated. Well, why does it want it? Because when you, when you... Oh, because salt makes you retain water. Yeah. And it wants you to... Oh, all right, all right. Hey, listen, I want to jump out of here. Come back one more segment. You, we hang out for a second? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Baby. Can we talk about boobs in the next one? Because we haven't done that yet. We've oh, talked about I it in the last season. wait for this. All right. Jake Cronover, Brian Upshaw, jellopodcast.com.
last segment on the uh, Jello Podcast, episode thirty-two. Jake Cronenberg, thanks for coming in again. Yeah, man, it's been uh, been fun. Thanks for having me. Mighty, I love hanging out with you. And uh, your significant other has a uh, breast augmentation. My ex had one. No, she doesn't have one yet. She doesn't. No. Yet. <laughs> yes. I heard yet. Yeah. Uh, she has giant. Yeah. All Why na- would you all, get a all augmentation? Natu- all natural. Just to perk them up or something? Yeah. Oh. A couple of kids in there. That's oh, gravity. Yeah. Okay. I mean, ain't no need for nothing right now. They look awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a couple things I see on, like, uh, dating websites. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a divorcee. And she's got, you know, like, a couple water balloons. Shit looks great. Do you think most guys think that looks great? Yeah. yeah yes. Well, yeah. Those that don't, why don't they like that? I, I don't even know. Right. I, I wouldn't even know where to I start don't with either. Um, Because they like dick, maybe? Cause <laughs> I mean, that's the only only real explanation I could think of um, why, you wouldn't like, why you wouldn't like a great set of tits. My ex got a boob job done, and it was uh, a few thousand dollars, about, uh, about $4,000. Uh-huh. And then uh, there was a lot of um, masking. No, not masking. Uh, bandaging. Uh-huh. Uh, they bandaged them, and then they you know, wrapped it around the chest and around the back, and then there was some icing going on and all that. And essentially, what it, it's scar tissue that you're trying to keep still. Was it painful? For her, yes. And then what you had to do was, um, when you pulled the bandages off, um, you had to mash them, because that scar tissue, if you didn't mash it and kind of knead it like bread, mm-hmm. then it would... Uh, develop these kind of hard did, spots. Did she do that or did you do that? Uh, they said, get your partner to do that. So I did that. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew the outcome would be, would be to my advantage. Was, she, was it worth it to her, though? She had two incisions made on the bottom of the areola, uh-huh. a little incision, and then they put a, uh, like and, a silicone and bag then, in and there. And then filled it up. Which... If you held it in your hand, it kind of feels like a chicken cutlet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then, but it goes over the top of the... Muscle? Uh, pec muscle, yeah. Not underneath. Mm-hmm. Which is what you want? I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they used to do before that, but boob jobs back in the 80s did not look like boob no, jobs now. And you know, now I, I even... Who was telling me? Someone the other day. Now they'll go through your belly button. And fish them up through there? Yeah, so that, that there So there's are, no scars. So there's no scars. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you can you can go do heart surgery through somebody's groin. You yeah. Know, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, they can go through, just through about anywhere. and uh, Just put it through my butthole. I mean, if, if it works, there's already a hole there. <laughs> but the but, but, thing... Yeah. The thing I, I think about, I mean... Obviously, there's a guy. If you were a woman, would you do that? It all depends. I mean, my answer is absolutely yes. I think it's a confidence thing. I think a lot of women, and we talked about this a little bit off air. I think a lot of women, you know, do it because they want to feel pretty or sexy or whatever. They will say it's because I want my clothes to fit better, and that's bullshit. Sure, yeah, it's all bullshit. 
But you know, it's it's a confidence thing, and it uh, I've seen it both ways. It's kind of backfired a little bit. Where how how, how has a boob job ever backfired? Because sometimes they get a little overconfident, and they get to a point of because look, every because wo- they got them too big, or because no. their attitude got too big. Because that's two different not, things. Not that their attitude got too big, but they. Have you ever seen a woman who got a boob job and didn't start wearing tighter clothes or a little more low cut? Yeah. In fact, uh, when my ex-wife got her boob job, the first thing she wanted to do, I had a company party. It was out at this place called Valenti Beach. It's like a water park. It's a shitty water park. I know it well. One of my client's dad knows it. I know it. Uh, Kristen Redmond. Yeah. Uh, It it was a little, you know, party out there. And she bought a new bathing suit and it was barely covering the nipples. And it was like just a a string bikini. And they were real fresh and sticking way out and I was like fuck I love that that you have great new boobs but if we walk in there like that it's like we might as well have a couple of pistols with you know flares on them sure yeah just a couple yeah. of sparklers Every, oh boobs boobs everybody look here yeah and well, she kind of got mad at me about that I was like well babe they're just too fresh you know well and that's what I mean I think was I out of line was I think mean? a woman and I Women will tell you, I hate when guys look at me and blah, blah, blah. But that's what they're... But that's... I, I, I think they love it. So, kind of what we talked about earlier is, you know, a woman will go get... And it's not just breast implants. Maybe it's a tummy tuck. Maybe it's an ass lift. Maybe it's a, you know, Botox. But they start feeling... Say, and, and they go out in public and that starts getting validated by guys looking at them and, you know, making comments and whistling and honking the horns. And then I think, you know, some of them, this isn't all of them by any means, but, no. you know, a lot of them will be like, oh, hey, I'm a little better now than I was. And, and everybody that I was hanging out with now is a little below me because I got new tits or new ass or new stomach or something like that. And I think it causes a lot of problems. I know more than one scenario where that's happened, where I've had a buddy well, or like messed or, up a marriage or something. Yeah, I know somebody whose wife went and started, you know, getting better looking and, and through all these surgeries. Yeah. And it, it caused more tension because now it, it wasn't that she didn't like the way their relationship was. She no, just, just wanted to change her image a little bit. And then she started getting attention from other people. And then the guy that and it's just human. It's like, just human nature. I mean, if, if you're going to start thinking like, oh, I could do so much better now. Because it, it's kind of like a better product. It's, it's almost like 3M. They take a product and make it so much better. That's what plastic surgeons are. They're 3M. And then, the best you know, and then they, uh, so now they go out after visiting 3M and going, Hey, I was an old product. That wasn't bad. I'm a sticky note, like a motherfucker. Now. Yeah. But now I'm a fucking post-it note, you know, that has sparklers and shit all over it that everybody wants. And so of course you're going to get a little more cocky. And, and, and you know, like I said, let, let me, that's not every woman that does it. No, this I, is probably, I know it, but I'd like to pose this question. I'd like to posit this to you. If your old lady said, I'd like to get a boob job, which she kind of has, but uh, you'd be fine with that. Yeah, sure. If she said, I'd like also if we could sell my stupid car and I'd like to get a sports car. Can we do that? Then you would say, why are you trying to change your image? Right? Right. Yeah, because then for me, it's a confidence thing. It's like, it's not so much why are you trying to change your image? Why do you not like who you are now? You know what I mean? That's a good question. Now, if you're, if you're, and in in a lot of cases too, I know a lot of wives get them for their husbands. 
you know, great. A lot of husbands would come and go, Hey, I would like for you to get a boob job because I like big boobs. Or, and she know, goes, yeah, my shirts will fit better. Oh, and she goes, yeah, sure. It's, if it's for you, whatever, I'll, I'll get give them. You and, three more blowjobs a year. Than yeah, exactly. Uh, and and so they'll do it for that reason. You know, it's, it's purely to... Now, that's a rare case scenario. Most of them do it for themselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, if that's the case, that would kind of throw up a red flag for me is, wait a minute, now, now you want to start... Because then before long, you're going to want to start going out with your girlfriends. And you're gonna start wearing, you know, tighter stuff, and and then yeah, just... if uh, all that image changes, and then your social interactions change, like, uh, well, I'm going out with Sandy and Patty and uh, Kelly, and they're all divorced too, then you'd be like, oh, I'll right. tell you, you know, what it's we need. fucking something's up. If any of our listeners have fake tits or big tits, and they want to come be on this show and talk from a woman's standpoint, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think you just want to feel big tits. No. Of course. I, I mean, I mean, look, the recovery time is serious. Sure. Well, it, it, and if surgery. you don't do it right, then you're going to end up with uh, lumpy boobs. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, is the risky part. Of that. I mean, now they've kind of got it down to a science where, you know, it's not near as bad as it used to be, but they yeah, can they still go a, wrong. Yeah. They put you against the wall and take a picture and then a uh, doctor goes, all right, we're going to put 80 CC bag in this boob and a 60 CC bag in this boob. And uh, I'm going to feed it through your groin and that'll be $8,500. Were, were you in the room when your ex-wife was getting the photos taken by the doctor? Yes. How did that make you feel? Mm, I don't know. It was very clinical. It wasn't very sexy. No, the fact that he's just sitting there standing at your, your did he like draw? Uh, it was a lady. Oh, okay. she yeah. So it's kind of hot thing. Kind of nice. Well, I knew like those A's are gonna be D's. D nuts. <laughs> They're gonna be on these nuts, With, huh? Well, I also knew that I'd be paying for them, but I mean, sure, sure. But let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. Was it worth it for you? Sure. I mean, I, I love the way my hand fit on that. And then like when we were in bed, like everything looked really cool. You know, you look over in a mirror and like all these curves and all that stuff. And then, you know, you go out and guys stare at her and you just go, hey, fuck off. You know, that's. Yeah. But I mean, I never felt like those are fake and no, and I don't like them. There's less. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong at all with fake boots. Shit. No, I mean. When there's something wrong with them is that when they look so fucking weird. No, I do think when you, there's two basketballs stapled to your chest, yeah, that's weird. I do think that you can go way too big. Like lips injection. Yeah. That it's like when they're super big and the skin's almost shiny because it's stretched so much. Yeah, that doesn't I mean, look good. They still need to have. Yeah, enhance it. Yeah, fine, but don't. Look, if you want to put a lift kit on the truck, fine. But Don't man, lift the motherfucker four feet in the air. Exactly. Can't get in there. Yeah, and no one's going to want to get in there. Correct. Because they can't climb up it without a damn ladder. That's right. That's right. I have a four-inch lift on my rig. You got a what? I got a six. Have you? Don't I? That's right. Hey, I want to get out of here. Yeah. Episode 32. Jake. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely, man. Let's, let's do it again going sometime. going to uh, Soundgarden tonight. Yeah, great night, man. Good uh, show. Do you have a Pearl Jam song that is your favorite? Uh, you actually just pay, played my favorite Pearl Jam song. Right, well, I got an Eric Clapton song that I really love, man. I want to bump out with that. Thank you much. Episode right on, 32, man. Jello Potting Cast. See ya. Wait. I got to go back. Here it is. <laughs>
I know it's old. Fuck off. Good night. Classic. Adios.